Amen. Stand your feet this morning for the reading of God's word. He's glad to be in the house of the Lord today. Say amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Turn with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 19 through 20. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 19 through 20. Now, if you've been here since the beginning of the year or even the last few weeks, we've been spending a lot of time with this verse only because uh, this first 90 days, remember, part of our vision for this year is to become healthy in four areas, healthy physically, healthy spiritually, healthy emotionally, and healthy socially. So as we talk about this first 90 days, becoming physically healthy, and what does that mean? What does that look like? We're certainly going to explore that a little more. Now, we've come out of January. We've come out of our 21-day fast. I'm already hearing great things about what God is doing in the hearts of our people, and I'm truly, truly excited. And I'm just believing that you are catching some momentum that's going to carry you throughout this year. Amen? Look at your neighbor and say, I've got some momentum. Amen, amen. You've got some momentum. Never discredit momentum that God gives you. Amen. Never discredit momentum that you gain here today on a Sunday that's going to propel you through this week. And I believe that God is setting you up for something great. Amen. Let me say that again because some of you missed that. I said I believe that God is setting you up for something great. Amen. Think about all week. He has brought you to this moment for a moment of greatness with him. And the Holy Spirit is going to encounter you in the next few moments. I believe change your life in a supernatural way. How many are ready to receive from God today? Amen. All right. Praise the Lord. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 19 and 20. And the word of God reads, don't you realize that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit? who lives in you and was given to you by God. He says, you do not belong to yourself. But what? But, but for, God, for God bought you with a high price, so you must honor God with your body. Let's go back one more time to verse 19. There it is. Don't you realize that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit, who lives in you and was given to you by God? He says, you do not belong to yourself. What does it say? It says that, but you have been bought with a price. Therefore, honor God with your bodies. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you for today, and I thank you for this moment. Lord, of all the things that we've done today through worship, through baby dedications, through honoring you with our giving today, Lord, none more important than this moment right now. For it is your word that you said that would stand eternal, that would last the test of time. It is your word, O oh God, that you've imparted unto us. Lord, it is your word that when Jesus was tempted, Lord, on the mountain by the enemy, it, it is the word that Jesus said was his bread, was his life, God. So I pray today that it is your word that becomes bread unto us, that becomes life unto us. As Hebrews declares, it is your word that is a double-edged sword, piercing in the innermost parts of us, rightly dividing the word of truth. And I pray today, Holy Spirit, that God's word would be revealed and would rightly divide the word of truth in us today. All of God's people said, amen. So be it. give the Lord a praise today as you're seated in his house. Amen. If you haven't already... Please pull open uh, the Bible app, and uh, you can have all of the sermon notes right there. Uh, if you're guests for the first time today, we use the Open Bible or the U Version Bible, and uh, you can download that app if you haven't already. Just go to the App Store, the Google Play Store, and you just search Bible. It's the first one there. You can download it, search live events, and click on Crossroads Church, and all of the sermon notes are there for you. You can follow along, and uh, we give you permission in church to play on your phone. How cool is that? Amen. Now, as long as you're on the Bible app, so any rate, and God is doing great things around here. I want to encourage you 
continue as Holly admonishes you every Sunday to write down not only your prayer requests, but your praise reports, the things that God is doing. Because as your pastor, I feed off of that stuff throughout the week. I mean, it energizes me when I'm reading through those and I see what God is doing in your life. And when you're writing down, Pastor Matt, God has been moving uh, in our lives through the fast this way is what God did. Or this week there was revelation. You know, since January, I've been encouraging you to get a word from God. I've been challenging you as a family, as an individual, to get a word from God, to hear from God on your own. And uh, and so many of you have honored my request. You've been writing that down, Pastor Matt. We've been praying, and this is the word that God has given us for 2014, or this is the word that God spoke to me this week, or this is the word that God spoke to me today, and it has truly fueled the fire within me as I'm reading what God is doing in your life, in your marriages, in your homes. So we've been talking since January that if we want to reap differently, what do we have to do? Sow differently. If we want to reap different things, we have to sow different things. So if today you're, you're, you're not enjoying the harvest that you're getting or if the harvest that you're receiving is not something that you want, then you have to start sowing differently, right? To get different results, you have to plan for different results, right? You've got to get different things. I want to give you 20 things today. No, I'm just kidding. I don't want to give you 20 things today. I want to give you four things today. Um, and, and four things today, and it'll be on your notes, it'll be on the screen. Just an acronym, PLAN, as you saw on the video announcements. Because what we're talking about and where we're going this year requires us to plan. It requires strategy. Listen, we can't get where we're going by accident. Right? We can't get where we're going by accident. Let me ask you this. Has winging it really gotten you where you want to be? No. I mean, has playing it by ear really giving you the results that you wanted? No. I mean, our life is so important. Think about it this way, church. We get one life. Now, actually, some of us get nine lives, I should say. But uh, but we get one life. We get one life on this planet. God has given us one body. He's given us, some of us, two or three or four marriages. But now, he's given us one life, one body. And what are we going to do with that life? And that's my challenge, my question for us today is, what are we going to do with the life that God has given us? What are we going to do with this life? And listen, what God has given us is so important that we have to plan and that we have to strategize for what God is doing. We can't leave it up to, to, we can't play it by ear. We can't leave it up to chance that we need to plan and we need to strategize. So if you're taking notes today, and I hope you are, I want you to write this down. The first one is P. If we're going to plan, our plan must have a purpose. Everyone say this out loud with me. My plan must have a purpose. Yeah, my plan has to have a purpose. It's got to have perseverance. There's got to be a purpose to my plan. I'm encouraging everyone today, whether you're married, whether you're single, whether you're dating, whether you're thinking about dating, whether you're a teenager or you're, you're an old person, you're a senior citizen, a, a senior statesman in our church, regardless of where you fall in the age spectrum today, I am challenging you this week to go home today and to begin planning and strategizing for what God is going to do in your life. See, we've gone through the fast, right? We, we as a corporate body, we went this year. We started on uh, January the 5th, I believe it was, whatever date. We started the first full week in January, and we began the 21-day fast, and we began planning, uh, uh, pr- praying and fasting for God to move in our lives. What was the mantra? What was I teaching and preaching all, all of January? It was 
if 2014 is going to look 20 th- different than 2013, then we have to start doing different things. Amen? We have to start incorporating different things into 2014 if it's going to look different than 2013. And I believe with all in my heart that some of you want a different marriage in 2014 than what you had in 2013. I believe with all in my heart that there are some people in here today that you want a different financial 2014 than what you had in 2013. Maybe your goal in here is to be debt-free as a couple or as a family. And, you know, in 2014, we want to be, our goal is to be debt-free. Listen, if that's your case, first of all, you've got to start giving in ways in 2014 that you didn't give in 2013. See, if we keep repeating this year what we did last year, then we run the risk of having this year look just like last year. And I believe with all of my heart that there are some people and individuals and couples in here today that you are determined. No, no, no. You are set in your way spiritually that this year is going to look and is going to be different. And that you are going to walk in a favor that you've never walked before. Look at your neighbor and say, I am going to walk in a favor that I've never walked in before. How many are ready for God's favor to be on your life? Come on, who's ready? Listen, for God's favor to be on your life. So when you walk into the job, things start clicking for you, amen? And promotions that you never thought were coming your way start finding you out, amen? The Bible tells us that God's blessings can overtake us, amen? I don't know about you, but when I picture that, I picture like a tsunami of blessings. I picture a wave coming behind me and God's blessings overtaking me. And if God is ready, for his, if God has blessings to overtake me, wherever that line is, I want to be the first in that line. Amen? God put me in that line. Listen, I'm telling you, Crossroads family, that you can stand in that line today. That God's blessings, he says, I'm going to cause my blessings to overtake you. Why can't we start believing for those things? Amen? Why can't you have the attitude today and the mental mindset and the mental capacity to say today, you know what, Pastor Matt, that is for me. I'm going to start believing God for great things. And not just believing for great things, I'm going to start planning for great things. Planning and strategizing. I'm going to move from wishing and hoping to planning and strategizing. You know, successful people, one of their traits that they have in common, a great common denominator of successful people is they're great planners and strategizers. They're not wingers and hopers and wishers. They're planners and they're strategizers. And for you to be successful in 2014 in your marriage, in your finances, in your career, the way that God, I believe, has purpose for 2014 for you to be, you must start planning and strategizing. When we move from the altar out into the real world, right after we've come together and we've prayed and we've fasted together, what happens next? See, often we want God to do this mystical, spiritual, wave a magic wand over our life and our situation, and poof, like God is going to rain fairy dust from heaven. Now, how cool would that be? You know what I'm saying? Like, let's let's just imagine. That would be pretty awesome, right? You wake up in the morning, and you're like, you're stretching, you're yawning, and God's magical fairy dust is falling. It doesn't happen that way, does it? You ever notice there's sometimes that when you come to church and and you've experienced an an amazing time of worship and you've experienced God's presence and, man, you're supercharged and it's as if the devil is waiting for you to walk out those doors, right? And he was lurking behind a corner and, and ready to pounce on you. 
And I'm telling you, these next steps, this is for somebody in here today. That God, in the, those 21 days of the fast, that God spoke to you some stuff that you've been holding on to, you've been clinging on to. And you know God's blessings are coming for you. And you have been preparing your house and you've been preparing your soul for the favor of the Lord. And the enemy already has been seeking to rob you, hasn't he? He's been coming after your health. He's coming after your mind. He's coming after your marriage. But God has sent me all the way from Salado, Texas, 10 miles away to tell you today that your God is bigger than any devil. He's bigger than any demon. And no matter what the devil plans or strives, strategizes God in one breath in one word can set things in motion for you today the Bible tells us in the synoptic gospels Matthew Mark Luke and John and Matthew and Mark there's a story about a centurion and we don't even know his name it's just titled the faith of the centurion Jesus was on his way to do another miracle and on the way to do that miracle this centurion soldier came to Jesus He said, Jesus, I need you to touch my servant. And he says, I'm a man in charge. And if I say go and do this, a man will go and do that. If I tell a man to bring me something, I know that he'll bring me something. And he says, Jesus, if you will just say the word, he will be made whole. And what was his response to that? Jesus says, there has been no greater faith have I found than this man right here. It wasn't a disciple or a follower of Christ. It was a centurion soldier that had the audacity to say in faith to Jesus, you don't even need to come to my house, but if you will just speak the word. Come on, somebody. Your faith needs to be today. Jesus, just speak the word. That's all you've got to do today is just speak the word into my life and my marriage will be made whole. My finances and my career and my future will come together in the court which you've accorded it to, Jesus. Speak the word. We have to plan, church. We have to strategize. How do we move from the altar into success? What do we do after we've come together in a time of corporate worship? What is the next step? Well, you take what God has given you and you begin to put it in order. You begin to plan together. You begin to pray together in your house. You begin to pray together. If you're, if you're individual and you're single in here, you just begin to pray and say, Holy Spirit, come alongside me. Give me wisdom that I need to take the stuff that you've given me and be a good steward over it. See, that's the strategy of life is really just being a good steward over the things that God has given us. Right? If we're faithful with the little, the little He'll give us charge of much. If we're faithful with what's in our hand, what's within our heart, and what's in our house, with, if we're just faithful with that, God will give us more. So for some of us, our genesis, our starting point, our launching point today as we talk about planning is just learning to be content with what we have right now. Stop wanting more. Stop wishing for more. Stop hoping for more. Start learning to be content with where you are. You know, Paul... Paul learned what it was like to be content. The end of his life, as he's writing in 2 Timothy, he's given his charge to Timothy. Paul knows that his time is near, that he's coming to the end of his life. And he's writing to his, he's writing to Timothy, his second in charge, if you will, the guy who will succeed him in ministry of leading all of these churches. He's writing to Timothy. And he's, he's looking back on his life. And, and perspective is a beautiful thing, isn't it? Perspective is a beautiful thing. And and Paul has this perspective as he's looking back and he's writing to Timothy. He's writing this letter and he's telling Timothy, he said, Timothy, listen, man, if anybody's experienced it, I have. 
I was a Roman citizen, but yet I was treated like a foreigner in my own country. I've been shipwrecked. I've been beaten. I've, gone, I've known what it's like to go without food. I've known what it's like to have more than enough. But in all of these things, he says, Timothy, I've learned to be content. See, often we want, all we're asking for is more, more, more. Give me more, God. Give me more, God. Give me more, God. And God can do that. But what he is teaching, I think, for some of us to work today is just learning to be content with where we are. Saying, God, you've got me in this assignment. You've got me right here. Help me to be faithful with where I'm at right now. I keep praying for more, and I want more. And I'm not, I'm not saying don't have goals and don't, don't challenge yourself, but I'm saying for some of us, the word is just learning to be content with where we are. Saying, God, I thank you for what I do have. You know what, God, I've been praying and hoping and wishing for stuff that I don't even have. I've yet to take time to even thank you for the stuff that I do have. So, God, thank you that my family is well. Thank you that my house is whole. Thank you that our marriage is still together. I thank you that I have a job when other people don't have a job. I thank you that I'm not scrambling to make ends meet. God, I thank you that I've got a car. Lord, I thank you that I live in Texas and not in Sheboygan, Wisconsin, where I was a couple weeks ago. Because it snows like crazy up there. I told those people, I don't know how you do it up here. I get back to Texas. But listen. What if we just started thanking God for the stuff that we have? God, I thank you that I'm here and I'm alive and I'm well. I got my fingers and I got my toes and, well, Jerry Everett, we got some of us got all our fingers, right? You know, and, you know, God, I've got my stuff with me, amen? Maybe I'm a little crazy sometimes, but God, you, are you with me today, church? God, I thank you for what I have. Somebody say, God, I thank you for what I have. Amen. Learning to be content. So we start planning, right? We start strategizing. We sit down together, and this is what this looks like. This is good stuff. Look at your neighbor and say, this is good stuff. This is a freebie. I'm going to give this one to you for free today. I won't charge you. Man, you sit down together. If you're a couple in here today, and you, you sit down, down together as a couple, and you say, all right, this is what we're going to do. These are the things that we believe God has spoken to our life, whatever it is. We're, we're going to be debt-free this year, or we're going to have more peace in our home. What does that really mean? What does that really look like? I mean, everybody that's in here that's married today would say, we want a better marriage. I mean, right? That's relative. What does that even mean? What does that look like? Well, it looks like this. If you want a better marriage, start sowing for a better marriage. If you're not praying together, hey, start praying together. If you're not reading God's word together, start reading God's word together. Go grab a devotional together. Holly and I will give you, we've got thousands of devotionals that we've done together. We've marked up, and you can look at our notes and see the stuff that we've done together. Start reading God's Word together. Start praying together. Grab your kids in the morning and at night. Make time. Create leverage and margins for God to move in your life. Amen? Let me say that again. That was powerful. Create leverage and margins for God to move in your life. That means, if that means getting the kids up five minutes earlier in the morning so you can create some margin in the morning before you're rushing out the door and you're screaming at each other and you're kicking each other and getting the door, you know, get in the car, we got to go to school, whatever it is, but you create some margin. So you know what, we're going to pray together. We got five extra minutes. We're going to spend just a few moments praying together. You say, Holy Spirit, come into this day. Be a, we invite you into this day. Be a part of our lives. Lead us and guide us into all truth today. Amen. That's all you got to pray. And then you can move on. See, when you start planning and you start strategizing, what happens, church? You get a roadmap. If you really want to go from point A to point B today, you've got to know where you're going. Otherwise, any road will get you there. If you don't know where you're going, any road will take you there. So listen, so here's what you do. You you go home today. If you're single, you're married, wherever you are in life, 
you just go home today and you say, God, these are the things I believe that you told. Write them. I don't know what God's telling you to do, what he's promised you. You write those down. And you begin to pray and you begin to look say, all right, we're going to, we're going, we want a better, we want a more whole marriage. We want a marriage that really reflects God. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to start praying in the morning. We're going to start praying in the night. TV goes off at 8 o'clock, at 9 o'clock, whatever you determine. I'm just, can I give you some stuff today? This is a real spiritual. This is practical stuff. This is like when I counsel couples, this is stuff that I'm telling them. This is practical stuff. And you sit down or in your home or if you're a single mom in here today or a single dad, you say, all right, 8 o'clock, 9 o'clock, whatever you determine. Electronics go off. TV goes off. No texting. None of that stuff. We're going to have some downtime. We're going to quiet our minds. And we're going to spend some family time together. That's what we're going to do. We're going to play a board game. We're going to laugh together. We're going to do whatever. Yes, they still make board games, by the way. And you can still have eye contact with one another. Amen? Does anybody else text each other in the house? Because we do that in our house. I'm like, hey, get your butt up and come and speak to me. By the way, my beautiful daughter, who's not in here, she's in serving in Route 35, turned 13 yesterday. And I'm so proud of her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's not in here. So if you see her, you can wish her happy birthday. We had a bunch of teenagers at our house. It was wild yesterday. But listen to me, church. You need to start planning and strategizing. If you're single, if you're a teenager in the house today, you know what you can do? Say, God, I know, what you, I know you want to use me to change my school, to turn my school upside down. So I'm going to start planning and strategizing. That means that I'm not going to be ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. That when I get a chance, I'm going to insert Jesus into every moment, into every situation. I'm going to start a Bible club this year at school. And this is how I'm going to do it. I'm going to do the right thing. I'm going to go to my principal. And I'm going to go to my teachers. And I'm going to ask for a room. Because, you know, legally they have to give me a room, teenagers, to study God's word if I ask for it in the morning. How cool is that? And you say, you know, we want to start a Bible club on our campus. That's how you start planning and strategizing. You start writing down the things that God is telling you. Let's move on. If we're going to plan, we need to have leverage in our life. We need to have leverage. What is the definition of leverage? Survey says, it is the positional advantage, the power to act effectively, to provide with leverage, to improve or enhance. I want to look at that again. It's positional advantage or power to act effectively. See, this is what the cross of Christ does for us. Can we leave that up there for a little bit? It creates leverage. Look at your neighbor and say, the cross creates leverage. All right, now you said it all, Chamber of Commerce. Like, I want you to say it with some, some meat. The cross creates leverage. There you go. Let's get a little rowdy this morning. One more time. The cross creates leverage. Amen. When you think about the cross and actually the design of the cross, it creates leverage, doesn't it? Isn't that what the cross does? It creates leverage. It gives us, puts us in a positional advantage as believers. As Christians, as Christ followers, we automatically have a positional advantage in this world, being a son or daughter of the Most High God. Amen? That means that God is moving us from the back of the line to the front of the line. Amen? From the back of the bus to the front of the bus. That God is creating positional advantage for us in the world. That means that God wants his best for you. That's right. I said it. God wants his best for you. Now listen, if you're here today and you're cynical and you don't want to believe it, that's fine. You go ahead and get out of that line. I'll take your spot. But I do believe that my God is a great God and that he's a good God and that he only does great and good things. 
The Bible tells us that all good and perfect things come that cometh down from the Father of lights who is in heaven. He gives us those good things today. And that God has those. And that when I serve God, it puts me in a positional advantage here on this planet. Here on this planet. Here in this world, God gives me a positional advantage as a Christ follower. That means what I talked about earlier, that his favor follows me. Look at your neighbor and say, excuse me, neighbor. God's favor follows me. Yeah, yeah, look at your other neighbor and say, favor ain't fair. Yeah, favor ain't fair, is it? Favor ain't fair. But listen, God is going to cause his favor to follow you. I believe God's favor will overtake you this year and will find you even this week. I'm declaring for some of you, you're going to find favor at work. Man, you've been finding friction, but God is saying this year you're going to find favor instead of friction. Where there, was, where there were battles and where there were struggles, you're going to start finding favor. You're going to walk into situations instead of walking into landmines. You're going to start walking into blessings. Amen? Instead of walking into gossip, you're going to start walking into favor. Amen? When people are trying to kill you at work and backbite and stab you in the back and they're out for your position, God says, get ready because I'm getting my favor ready for you. Amen? My favor. Amen. Give the Lord a praise right there. God's favor finds his children. We grow cynical. We grow tired. We get weary in doing good sometimes, don't we? How how real is that? We get weary in doing good sometimes. And and the Bible tells us not to. And and, and as much as the Bible says do not become weary in doing good, for you'll reap the harvest in due time, let's be honest. Sometimes it gets tiring doing good, doesn't it? You ever notice doing the right thing is a hard thing? Right? Doing the right thing is a tough thing. Standing up for what's right. Teaching your children what's right. Trying to have a godly marriage. Those are all tough things. And if we're honest with ourselves this morning, sometimes we become weary in doing good. Sometimes we get to the point where we say, God, I've tried my best. I've done all that I know to do. And I'm tired, God. I'm weary in doing good. Who am I talking to this morning? Weary in doing good. Can I tell you, if you're here today and you're in your heart and you're tired from doing good, you know, you're serving at church, you're a faithful tither, you're a faithful giver, you're on the greeting team, the welcome committee, you're on this committee, you're serving on this board, and you're on that board, and you're doing this, and you're doing that, and you're just tired. I mean, you're, you're, in the, you're the man of the house here today, and you're trying to lead your family. You're trying to do what's right, but you're, you're fighting and opposing a culture every day that everything you say is right, the culture beats it down. And you find that at the end of the day, you're tired and you're weary. Let me tell you something. God has come to give you rest today. That God is saying, listen, take my yoke upon you for it is easy and it is light. Let me say that again. He says to take my yoke upon you for it is easy and it is light. So if you're in here today and you say, Pastor Matt, that is speaking to me. I have become weary in doing good. Then my response to you today is let his yoke come upon you today. Can you do that? All you have to do today is receive what God has for you. That's your only job to do today is to say, God, I receive it. I, I'm not going to, I'm not going to sit there and work, work, work. My job today is to take your yoke upon me. I'm going to take your yoke and I'm going to rest today. Amen. You ever notice in our culture, we go a hundred miles an hour. If we're not careful, we're going to get run over. That's how I feel like in our world. Sometimes if we don't go a hundred miles an hour, we're going to get run over. I believe that God is calling some of us to rest. Just to rest. 
take a moment, take a pause for the cause, amen, and just rest. Look at your neighbor and say, that word is for me. So you know what? I give you permission to go home and take a nap. Amen? Come on, somebody. That's the most spiritual thing you heard all day. You're tag-liking, posting that, Facebook and Twitter and everything. Hashtag rest. All right. A is you'll get that on the way home. A is for action. Listen, we can talk about it. We can pray about it. We can have a prayer meeting. I'll lay hands on you and anoint you with oil if you want. But if you just jump and shout a little bit and you don't do anything with it, Come on, somebody. What good is the cross if we don't ever do anything with the cross? If we just celebrate the cross in these four walls and we never talk about the cross outside of church, we're all saved in here, hopefully. If not, I'm going to give you a chance in a little bit. But for the most part, we're all saved in here. If, we, if all we ever do is talk about the cross in our circles and we don't ever talk about the cross in the world and the power of the cross, Paul says, I preach the cross, I preach Jesus, excuse me, and him crucified. See, we have to have action with our plan. And, and it's not good that we just sit around and we plan and we strategize and we say, all right, these are this, this is what we're going to do. We got a plan. Praise God. We got a plan. What's up, babe? We got a plan today. Pastor Matt said, get a plan. We got a plan. There it is. It's right there. Here's our plan. You see it? I wrote it down. I'm going to put it on Facebook. Here's my plan. Pastor Matt told me I had a plan. Here's my plan. Hashtag plan. All right. I got my plan. Here's my plan. Here's what we're going to do. We sat down today and we prayed and we've got a plan. This is what God's told us to do. What are you going to do with your plan? We got to have action. Somebody say action. We have to have action with our words, action with our prayers. See, the fast is not just 21 days. You understand that, right? Surely after six years of us doing this together, you understand the fast is more than 21 days. All of that does is just prime your pump. That's all that does. That just kind of wakes you up spiritually for this year. That's all the fast is intended to do. It's to light a fire under you so you start getting busy about the kingdom. Busy about your role and your assignment in life. So your assignment is to be a dad? Then you better be the best dad the world has ever seen. Amen? You better get the t-shirt and the keychain and the coffee mug and wear it everywhere. Best dad in the world. Number one dad. Where's my keychain? It's right there. Number one dad. I got proof. I'm the number one dad. Listen, if you're a mom in here, then you better be the best mom the world has ever seen. Amen? If you're a granddad or a grandma in here, you better be the best grandparent the world has ever. Whatever your assignment is in life, put some action to it. Stop waiting for God's magic fairy dust in his magic wand because you know what God's going to do? He's going to save you and he's going to say, get up from the altar and now go be busy. You ever notice, at least when I got saved, I didn't hear the angels go, ah. It didn't sound like these four amazing men when they were singing, ah, ah, ah. It didn't sound like that. That was awesome, by the way. I better stop now because I'm going to ruin it. So I didn't hear angels sing. The spotlights didn't come on. I got up from the altar one day at youth camp, you know, I gave my heart to God and it was in my, I had to make up my mind from that point if I'm going to live for the Lord. Are you with me today, church? Listen, I love corporate times of worship. I love coming together on Sundays and Wednesdays and connect groups. I love all that stuff and it's good and it's important and it's vital for our walk. But what we do next is what matters the most. 
Let me say that again because some of you missed, missed it. You know, so make sure your neighbor's awake. Pinch them, you know, nudge them, whatever you got to do. Some of you always do that literally, so I got to be careful what I say. What you do next matters the most. You've got to have action with your plan. You can strategize, you could pray, you can fast all day long, but if you never do anything about it, guess what's going to happen? 2014 will look just like 2013. And you'll not, you'll not change one bit. You'll not be any better. You'll not be any closer to God. Your marriage will be just as mundane as it was before unless you start putting some action. Carry it out. Put feet to your faith. Listen to me. Get some accountability in your life. Men, you better get another man close to you who you can spill the beans to. Because some of you are messy and jacked up and messed up, and your wife does not need to hear all the dirty, hairy details of what's going on in your soul sometimes. You with me today, man? So get another man close to you who you can spill the beans to and dump some junk into. Women, same thing. You got girlfriends. You're better than us. That Man, y'all, y'all talk more than we do, typically. And that's, listen, that's not a slight. It is what it is. Facts are facts. Promises are promises, and facts are facts. Tell Pastor Ben I said that later. That's an inside joke with him. So listen, find some. We need accountability. I believe that is one of the most spiritual things that we can employ in our life is to have accountability, to have someone that can hold us accountable. You know, my staff, I hold them accountable to me. I have, we have a group of six elders in this church who I am accountable to, and I meet with them once a month. We audit our finances. When we go over the affairs of the church, I have to give an account for my actions as a pastor. Are you with me today, church? We need accountability. We need someone who can look us in the eyes and say, you are weird, man, and you need to get your stuff together. I better see, when, he, when Pastor Matt gives the altar call, you better be running up there, dude, from what you just told me, because you need Jesus. You are jacked up. You are messed up. You, we need somebody like that in our life to tell us, not just when we're good, but when we're bad. And someone who will pray with us and lead us, I got to hurry up. Listen, the end, yeah, accountability, there it is. And last of all, the N stands for never give up. Look at your neighbor and say, I'm not giving up. Look at your neighbor and say, there is no quit in me. Say it like you meant it. There is no quit in me. Listen, you need to take that word out of your vocabulary. The words can't, the words won't, the words quit. Take it out of your vocabulary. Just stop. Just stop saying I can't. Stop saying I won't. Stop saying I'll never. Start speaking God's word over your life. Say, you know what? I am, a, I, am, I am a king's kid. I am a child of the most high God. I have the favor and the blessing of the Lord upon me. I will succeed. Our marriage will make it. My, I will be successful in my career. I will have God's favor on me. My children will serve the Lord. Never give up, Christian. Never give up. Determine in your heart today that no matter what the devil brings your way, you will serve God. Be resolute in your spirit. Stand firm in the gospel that you know in your heart. Take quitting out of your vocabulary. Be the man and the woman of God that he has called you to be. Never give up. Stand to our feet today. We're going to sing an old hymn today. I want you to sing along with us. It's one that that you've all probably heard before and 
We're just going to sing and worship the Lord just for a few moments. We're going to move on with our service. We'll spend a few times, a few moments in the Lord. close all across this place. You know, if you're here today, you say, Pastor Matt, if I were to leave this planet today, see, the Bible tells us that no one is promised tomorrow. We're, we're, we're just not guaranteed tomorrow. All we have is today. You say, you know what, Pastor Matt, I want to know beyond a shadow of a doubt that I would stand before Jesus Christ and heaven would be my home, that, that I would make heaven my home, that I would spend eternity with Christ. And I want to know that as a fact today. That's you. I just want you to raise your hand. Put it right back here. Yes, thank you. Thank you. Many hands. Anyone else? Thank you. Anyone else? Just put your hand up right back down. Come on. Don't wait. Don't hesitate. Don't hesitate. Act. Now's the time to act. We talk about action. Pastor Matt, I want to know. I want to know beyond a shadow of a doubt. I, if you're, if you, there's a hint that you're not ready to make heaven your home. Say, Pastor Matt, include me in this prayer. Thank you. Thank you, sir. Anyone else? Yes, thank you. Amen. With our heads bowed, our eyes closed, everyone repeat this prayer after me. Heavenly Father, forgive me of my sins. I am a sinner. And Jesus, you are my Savior. Thank you for forgiving me. Thank you for cleansing me. I believe that you died for me. And in three days, you rose from the grave and you sit at the right hand of the Father. I pray this and I believe this in Jesus' name. Amen. So be it. Give the Lord a praise today.